there are functions that are inherent to the integrator role and to the visionary role. Whether you have your titles aligned with those roles or not, doesn't matter. Welcome to Inside Reproductive Health, the shop talk of the fertility field. Here, you'll hear authentic and unscripted conversations about practice management, patient relations, and business development from the most forward-thinking experts in our field. Wall Street and Silicon Valley both want your patience, but there is a plan if you are willing to take action. Visit fertilitybridge.com to learn about the first piece of building a fertility marketing system, the goal and competitive diagnostic. Now, here's the founder of Fertility Bridge and the host of Inside Reproductive Health, Griffin Jones. Leadership is a delicate dance for any business owner in the fertility field. For REI practice owners, it might be the tango. Hi, I'm Griffin Jones, your host for Inside Reproductive Health. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership versus delegation in marketing. Oh, I got you. You thought you didn't change the channel. You thought you were selling NPR. You thought you were listening to This American Life because my iron glass is that good. You are listening to Inside Reproductive Health. We're not going to be talking about Iranian hip-hop or whatever. We're going to be talking about leadership and delegation in marketing for practice owners, for business owners. This is for the principals, the owners, the chief executives, because... There are functions that are inherent, sales and marketing functions, that is, that are inherent to the integrator role and to the visionary role. Whether you have your titles aligned with those roles or not, doesn't matter. It's like time and watch. Those roles exist whether you consciously have titles aligned to them or not. And so we're going to go through what those are, striking that balance between Leaning in and stepping away is a struggle for any fertility executive, any business owner it is for me, but there is an added layer of complexity that's unique to physician practice owners and we should talk about that. If we look at the entrepreneurial operating system accountability chart, and you can go to the article for this podcast episode in the show notes to see it, you'll see where a managing partner might find themselves occupying many seats. At the very top, you have your visionary. Some places you might be the CEO, might be the president. In your operator might be the integrator who you have below that. And then you have your sales and marketing roles, your operations roles, finance and admin. It's the core function, the core like leadership. And you might break a few of those into different segments. And then you have the people that work underneath those areas. So... You got the, a practice owner is going to be in the visionary seat, whether they've sorted that role out with their partners or not. An integrator, they might be in that role too. If they don't have a chief executive officer or, or an executive director that really occupies that seat, you might be the head of that operations leadership role if you're the medical director, the practice director, or the lab director. And then you are in a seat underneath one of those leadership roles because you're still a doctor. Remember that main job that you have that you did all of that hiring and training for? That seat falls beneath the, the leadership seats of, of operations. So executives of many fertility companies 
fertility or not struggle to step out of many seats, but still that function of medical practice, lab directors, especially the role of physician is unique charge for physician practice owners. The accountability chart for fertility practices is its own topic. We've covered that. We'll cover it some more. And today we're going to talk about trying to get out of the sales and marketing seat as much as possible. Because even when you properly delegate the sales and marketing seat, there are sales and market responsibilities that come with being in the visionary and in a greater roles. So if you think of some of the best brands that are in the marketplace right now, Spanx, Apple, Tesla, Disney, what do those places have in common? They have where they had CEOs that propagate the market position of the company in everything they do. If you're looking for a book on a topic, Dave Kincaid writes the brand-driven CEO. I don't know if it's good or not. So I haven't read it. It's not a recommendation. It's just an idea. Plants and seeds, people. It provides plenty of real-world current studies, I'm told. Leaders have to be involved in positioning and branding because the marketing position of their companies is enforced or betrayed in every area of the business. It's enforced or betrayed in every area of the business because principles are no exception to the positioning requirements. It's common to get bogged down in the sales and marketing responsibilities that they don't have to be a part of, that they should be able to go delegate. And we don't want that. If you're struggling with the question of involvement versus delegation in your fertility company, you're not alone. We've broken sales and marketing responsibilities into a 12-point spectrum. So you can see this is where I need to be leading. This is where I need to be involved. Uh, this is where I can be uninvolved and where I can delegate. That graphic that makes this visual really easy to see is also in the article that correlates with this podcast episode on fertilitybridge.com or on insightreproductivehealth.com. The external and internal presentation of your company is a relay race. You have to make sure the baton doesn't get dropped as you move from one segment to the next. That you can't just run and then drop the baton. You sprint and then the next person has to be jogging and that handoff needs to occur before you can stop running. So there's four main sections leading. That means you being involved, you being totally uninvolved, and then you re-involving yourself somewhat. The parts where the principal needs to lead are in positioning, branding, and growth goals. The parts where the principal needs to be somewhat involved are brand development, growth strategy, operational. When you can let go of the wheel, if you've done a good job for all those things, or in coaching, training, brand activation, and the execution of the strategy, which by the way, those couple of things are most of the actual deployment. Then when it's time to re-involve yourself is culture. If you do a brand refresh, a redesign, or an extension, and then an accountability of leadership. So when the principle of fertility practice needs to lead is in position. A lot of times people use brand positioning or branding as totally synonymous with positioning. It isn't. Positioning comes first. And to make this very tangible, it's the vision, mission statement, core values, core service areas, and focus, 10-year target, three-year picture. So EOS calls that something different. They call that traction to the vision. That's what positioning is. It's those things. A marketing team can't make up those decisions. For the company. They can't make those decisions for the company. For my 
team members can't decide what fertility bridges core values are, what the core focus is. They can contribute and I can make that decision as the principal, but only the principal and the partners, if you have them, are able to make those decisions. And if you do have partners, everyone needs to be aligned on positioning before you move forward. Otherwise, the latter stages become more expensive, more time consuming, less effective, and, and possibly conflict too. A fertility business can be an operation for decades. Many of you have, but if you haven't structured everything that you do in a source of truth, then the unique positioning isn't out. The second part is brain. Part of the role as a leader of a company is a chief brand ambassador. I'm not talking about an actual title. Please don't get carried away. Once you and your partners, if necessary, have decided on things like core values, which type of patient segments you especially want to serve, then you can move on to brand. That includes the name of the company, value proposition, overall brand look and feel of key messages. Your marketing team will be a key player in this, but your leadership is still critical. The third part that principals must lead in sales and marketing is in the growth goals. Employees simply can't decide what the growth goals are going to be for the coming years because they don't have the same skin in the game that the principal does. Your employees shouldn't care about their business as much as you do. They don't want a piece of it. Unfortunately, marketing personnel are often not even incentivized to pursue growth goals. And worse, if you've got an administrator or someone from ops in a marketing role, they're frequently disincentivized from pursuing growth goals because it means more work for them. They get nothing in return. Your growth strategy is the measurable pursuit of your values, vision, and brand. It's the traction towards your vision put into numbers, like revenue goals, that profit targets, what type of business you want the company to be, like a B Corp, not the tax distinction, but the benefit core distinction, patient satisfaction, score targets, number of new patients served. Those are growth goals that are set by the principles. So we won't even engage with a company without diagnosing this level, these three first things, position, branded growth goals with the principles. It's because these parts have to be led by the visionary and the integrator of an organization. And it can't be led by people that are in the sales and marketing seat, even when the people in sales and marketing seat are perfectly trustworthy and do an amazing job. So the first thing we do is, is engage in those. And it isn't because we don't trust the other people. It's because that's who those roles belong to. And if you are pursuing an engagement that has results tied to it, that foundation has to be secure. And if that foundation isn't secure, then it's not worth us pursuing, but it's also untenable for most people to pursue the rest of the time or that's just a big headache that could be avoided otherwise. So when those three things are all set, then the principal can start to dial down their involvement. They still need to be involved, but they don't have to lead much. So at the fourth step, we're talking about brand development. At a minimum, every company should have a set of brand guidelines, brand book or brand style guide. These are the documents that guide every campaign going forward, every, your, all your messaging, 
your marketing team will work on the guidelines to put that together. But the involvement of the principal ensures that the brand comes to life in a way that you actually had in mind. It supports the values and the overall goals. Fifth is launching the growth strategy. So the baton's almost passed. The principal doesn't need to be involved in every aspect of planning the growth strategy, but they do need to commission its execution. So you think of a monarch commissioning the maiden voyage of a brand new vessel. They've had it built. They're not the ones going to the new world, but they are in the harbor making sure that it actually goes to sea. The principal has to see and approve the plan before execution begins. Even when your team is fully incentivized to move towards the company's growth goals, the principal has to ensure that that's underway before they can step away. Six is really big because if someone is just in the sales and marketing seat, they cannot do this by themselves. They need the help of the principal, and that's operational overhead. So when you look at the four phases of the fertility page marketing journey, again, in the article that corresponds with this episode, I get, this is a really visual episode, guys. You can either have to use your imagination or check that some of these visuals to help get a better picture of how this actually looks. But when you look at the four phases of the patient marketing journey, the latter phases, the ones on the right, are the ones that are closer to the things that get you paid and improve patient satisfaction in many instances. And the further you move to the right, the greater the operational overlap. And so what I mean by that is your call center, the way you follow up with patients. And all of these areas are areas that don't fall beneath someone that's in a marketing director role or even a chief revenue officer role. They're run by other people and your marketers are not their bosses. So the principal has to remain active until that overlap is secured. And those folks, the ops folks, admin folks, financial teams, accept their role in the strategy. So you've gone through and done all of these six correctly. And you led when you were supposed to lead. You were involved when you were supposed to lead. Now you can let go of the baton for a while. The seventh step that you don't need to be involved in is coaching and management. There's no need for, for you to be involved in coaching your PLs, your call center, your patient navigators, your marketers. That's what managers are for. They're in charge of the day-to-day performance. Them and outside consultants can train those teams. If you can let them go to work and trust them if you've done the other things correctly. Step eight is brand activation. As the principal of practice, you don't need to be the one directing brand assets. That it's what your patients engage with your company. You've approved your brand book. Now, the actual making of the website, the campaigns, the design, that's, that's all for your marketing team. You've given them the canon and then they can bring it to life. Ninth is strategy execution. You don't need to schedule video shoots. You better not be. You don't need to be writing social media posts. You don't need to be editing blog posts. You don't need to oversee the ad campaigns. You don't need to implement the CRM or EMR sequences. You don't need to monitor lead conversion. You don't need to report on post consult follow, but there is an exception. And that's if you're being featured in a piece of content. Your team can be the producers, writers, directors, films, and, edit- and editors. You very often need to be the 
star in that context. So now there's sometimes where principal needs to reinvolve themselves in marketing, not to the level of leading necessarily, but to pop back. And there's three steps in on that side of the track as well. And number 10 is culture. So in most cases, I absolutely hate calling a company workforce a family. It bugs the hell out of me. Employees are not children and they are definitely not your children. But in the specific instance of who models the company culture that everyone else imitates, I think there's a quote that Gabriel Reese said, that maybe I'm paraphrasing, she said, your children watch you, they watch what you do, they don't listen to what you say. Children watch you, they don't listen to you. The principal is the matriarch and the patriarch of the fertility business family in this sense. The family follows your example. And most literally, or perhaps to its purest definition, culture is the ongoing commitment to positioning. And the critical element of commitment is action. If you've decided your company is going to be more in tune with the needs of same-sex male couples and any other organization, for example, your team can only live up to that culture if the principal is championing it. I'm thinking of a particular egregious example. I'm going to use one from before my days in the reproductive health field. And then was when I was selling radio advertising. And it was a water purification system. The idea behind it is for your health, purity, and cleanliness. And sold by one of the dirtiest plumbers. I don't necessarily mean physically, though that too, but just a crook of a plumber that stood outside with his belly hanging outside of his, outside of his shirt, huffing cigarettes and treating his employees like garbage and, and wanted to sell this purification, this water purification system with the branding of cleanliness and littleness. Well, that, there's no culture for that there. And they're certainly not a positioning and they're both betrayed by the example that this principal said. It was never going to be successful. That's a particularly egregious example, but everything, if it's going to be part of your culture, again, is betrayed or reinforced. And it's the principle that champions the culture that sets the example. Eleventh is if you decide that you're going to do something to your brand, that you're going to refresh it, you're going to redesign it, you're going to do extension, like you want to uh, make a new brand for fertility preservation or third-party IBF. Principal has to be involved in the beginning stages of those initiatives. And if you've decided that you're going to change the identity of your IBF center or your fertility company, even more so, why would you do that? In most cases, it, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, but changing it somewhat is something that we're all thinking about more because fertility centers that built a brand for baby boomers, Gen Xers, now need to update because millennials and Gen Z patients now make up most of the patient and donor populations. And they respond to different types of marketing because they have different concerns. We're going to talk a lot more about that in future articles and episodes. Finally, your 12th stop on this track is the accountability of leadership. So even when you have those trustworthy, capable sales, marketing, finance ops folks, they need to be held accountable by the visionary greater of the organization. Again, they could be amazing. This is not, I'll, I'll grant you that they're incredible. 
but as Lisa Duran, who's one of the best experienced consultants in our field that's been on this show twice, I think, is fond of saying people do what their managers pay attention to. It's not just about them. It's about that periodic check-ins also demonstrate you're holding yourself accountable. Employees don't need to be micromanaged with due dates and metrics by you anyway. They should see that the principal is paying attention to the outcomes to which they contribute. Are you ready to let go a little bit? Uh, hopefully this gives you a framework of knowing where you can let go, where you need to be involved. While you do need to be involved in many aspects, you don't need to be involved in every single thing. Knowing what you need to be a part of will also help you know of what you can let go of. You can only pass the baton when someone else is completely in charge of those outcomes. So pay attention to these 12 points, know when to leave, know when to throttle down, and when to release. Letting go can definitely be difficult. Though. And that's where we help. If you'd like our support in selecting marketing personnel and determining their responsibilities, outcomes, uh, you can get our help with that with our goal and competitive diagnostic on fertilitybridge.com. We hope to be able to help you, and I hope this episode has been helpful to you. And thank you again so much for tuning in to Inside Reproductive Health. You've been listening to the Inside Reproductive Health Podcast with Griffin Jones. If you're ready to take action to make sure that your practice thrives beyond the revolutionary changes that are happening in our field and in society, visit fertilitybridge.com to begin the first piece of the fertility marketing system, the goal and competitive diagnostic. Thank you for listening to Inside Reproductive Health.